0: Let's go. You got it.
1: Bitch, on big dude. We would she say boogie. Boy, stop bitch, and ho I'm not your last nigga. No. That's your past nigga. I'm big daddy, smash quicker. Damn little mama. We back where you be your ass bigger. Big booty scribe ticker. She eat dick
0: with white skills. Big dude big undready. Turn up. You got it. Episode 52, we right back at you.
1: Your pass, nigga, Gon not be daddy smash quicker. Damn little mama, find her. where you been your ass bigger. Big. Booty scribe ticker, she mm-hmm. eat dick with white skittles. Uh, baby, put
0: try and, and get my podcast legs back underneath me. In a couple days, man. Be right back at you though.
1: Pink and okay, ring a half a bow, hold this a half a nigga. She's a white milksop, baby diamond, time ticker. Baby, pussy ball. She said, I'm dog, it's with no collar. On frog head. She said, go jump up with me, daddy, give me frog legs." Oh, oh, oh. Bitch, I'm CMG. I got Rex up in my bed. Phone on DMD. I got earphones on my head. Skip that trash, hoes. Damn. Can't feel my legs Bro, them I'm sending shots Lil' dude makes your dick, they did We do misch's, baby You can pull off if you skip Oh, she did Chiffy Mix Show that cornbread Shrek, push. I'm big dude Chocolate nigga
0: Like Episode 52 Let's get it
1: Smokin' or some fruity, that shit came from the bed. My ain't bitch the murder, and she tatted on her lips. When she give me head, she said, babe, don't grab my head. L-G. I'm that nigga, make him sick, but it's all right, though. Right, got it, put the chain on me, turn the light short. I got 30K on me, on time talking right now. Talking about right now, and right. you gon' fly now. <laughs> I was put up for a minute on my side. Now I at first I didn't have a car. I can slide now. Yeah, I stayed in Memphis. I stay out of town now. I was broke at first. I can buy my town now.
0: Baby, I can buy my town now. Let's go.
1: Red bitch, give me it. Girl, go down, down. all skin, big booty. dick go down, down. down, go down, down. Papa like
0: racks Okay, Look
1: More papa like racks hoes. papa like racks
0: Yeah, uh. papa like Big dude. Hey, pussy, don't be too Let's go, man. We back, man. You got it. Episode 52. We turning up on them right now. Um, We kind of, right now, we in the middle of, this is basically going to be an NBA playoff episode. Because we got an update on the playoffs. The playoffs have started. I'm sitting here watching the Clippers and Phoenix game right now. Game one, Western Conference playoffs. First round. Clippers actually, they look pretty good right now. They're up 35 to 20. Um... On Phoenix, which is a little surprising being that Phoenix is at home. Uh, Clippers playing without Paul George. I mean, they're looking pretty strong. I mean, they're they're hitting a lot of threes right now. Phoenix still got to obviously get their chemistry together. Um, they still are a relatively new basketball team. Um, but make no mistake, though, I mean, Russ is a new addition to the Clippers, and they're making it happen right now as well, so and um, we'll kind of get into that. I mean, we got a, we got a lot of other stuff to get into, but we we mainly going to get into the playoffs right now. I also got a top 5 list for y'all playoff edition. We're going to get into that. Okay, good pull up KD. But let's uh let's kind of just start with recapping, you know, yesterday's games and so far today's games. Um, Sorry, I didn't understand. Well, what is that? That's Siri. Yo, that's you know what? Siri is dangerous because I mean to tell you that thing goes off whenever it wants to. But anyway, man, let's let's kind of get into it. Uh yesterday we had the Nets and the 76ers. 76ers won 121-101. Uh Joel Embiid, 26 points. James Horton, 23 points, 13 assists. The Nets, I, I don't expect them to make this a series. Obviously, once they traded KD and Kyrie, they kind of Championship aspirations went out the window. That's that's obvious. Um, if you're the Nets owner, if you're Joe Sass, Sean Marks, the GM, why you would go from a potentially being able to win a championship to a first-round exit is beyond me. But obviously, they have some sort of long-term plan in place. <clears throat> but as a Nets fan, I'm not happy, okay? I was looking forward to this playoff run um, with Brooklyn, and, and you know, the potential of, you know, making a deep run after what happened last year. Obviously, that's not going to happen this year. They'll be lucky to get one game against the 76ers. They may get two. It might go six. I highly doubt it, though. But it, it's it's possible. <clears throat> it's definitely possible. Uh, we also had the Knicks um, beating the Cavs 101-97. Donovan Mitchell, 27 points. Oh, no, Donovan Mitchell, 38 points. Took him 30 shots to get it, 14 to 30 from the field. He didn't really have any help to come along with him. Uh, Jalen Brunson, 27 points, 11 to 24 from the field. Pretty much controlled the game. And down the stretch, he came up very big with some clutch buckets. And the Knicks lead that series one nothing. I mean, that's going to be a good series. I know you know, I kind of spoke about that last, last episode in regards to the playoff series I was looking forward to. And... That but that has potential to go seven, but the way the Knicks looked yesterday, if Donovan Mitchell does not get any help, they'll go down in six, maybe even five. It's very possible. I do believe that I have the Cavs winning that series, but based on what I seen yesterday, I'm not too confident in that right now. It's still early, so if the Cavs get, you know, if the Cavs win the next game, they're right back. Everything is fine. But if they go down to nothing, going back to Madison Square Garden, I'm not sure how that's gonna go. Okay, <clears> that's why I got something in my throat. But um, let's moving on. Um, Celtics, one twelve. Hawks, ninety nine. Tatum, twenty five points. Jalen Brown, twenty nine points. I don't think anybody expects the Hawks to win a game. If they get one, I'll be surprised. But you can pretty much get your brooms out for that series. That is an automatic. At 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 worst, four four nothing five to one. Atlanta may get one next Thursday or Friday, maybe Friday night because it's Friday night in Atlanta. They may get one. Other than that, though, no Celtics definitely moving on in that series. I'll be surprised if it goes six. And the game of the night last night, the very last game of last night. Was the Golden State Warriors versus the Sacramento Kings? One twenty six, one twenty three. Sacramento pulled it out. Very tough game. Very exciting game for all the fans. I believe that will probably be the best series that we get on um, this first round. It's a shame. It's actually a first round series because I I'd love to see a lot more games. If every game is going to be like yesterday's game, give me, you know, give me more than seven games of this because there was elite shot making going on. De'Aaron Fox put on a show, 38 points, 13 of 24 from the field, 13 of 27 from the field. Um Curry, 36 of 14 from 3. Elite shot making was going on in the in that game, especially down the stretch in the fourth quarter. It could have went either way. Sacramento found a way to, you know, hold hold, you know, hold it, hold it down and uh You know, they end up lighting the beam. You know, Sacramento end up lighting the beam. But I do expect them to, you know, hold home court advantage all the way up until game seven, which is where I believe that Golden State kind of wins the game. But the way Sacramento looked yesterday, I have a hard time believing that Golden State is going to win that series. I don't think that they have a matchup for De'Aaron Fox. He looked extremely good uh, last night. And, you know, on that pick and roll, he's pretty much unstoppable. You have to hope that he misses. You can try to contain him. But ultimately, you know, he gets the mismatch that he wants. And a lot of that times it was Draymond Green and he gets to his spot. He's so quick. He's going to get to wherever he wants to get to on the floor. And then uh, eventually he just pulls up and either makes the shot or he misses it or he gets all the way to the rim for a layup. He has a float game too. So let's not let's not alley he don't have a float game. But I, I am extremely excited to watch that series. I'll definitely take at least seven games of what happened last night. That that's for sure. Man, Phoenix is really struggling right now. DeAndre Ayton, okay, nice turnaround jumper. Phoenix is really struggling. I mean, they don't play any defense right now. It's 40 to 27. And the Clippers look like they're getting whatever they want on offense. That's one thing for sure. Um, today's games. We had the Grizzlies versus the Lakers. Lakers 128, Memphis 112. Uh the Lakers look very strong. They ended the game on a 15-0 run towards the end of the fourth quarter. Of course, Ja Morant got hurt. He didn't return. He had 18 points. Jaron Jackson Jr. had 33 points. He appeared to be a pretty tough matchup for the Lakers, for whoever's going to guard him. I don't know who that's going to be, but definitely had a hard time, you know, matching up with him. But the Lakers, balanced scoring, Hachimura, 29 points, Braun, 21 points, 11 rebounds. AD, 22 points, 12 rebounds, 7 blocks. Austin Reeves, 23 points, and he, he was pretty much the closer for the Lakers. That that he scored, I think, 13 of his 23 in the fourth quarter, and he was looking very unstoppable. One thing about Austin Reeves, he is not a spot up shooter. He is a basketball player. He can make plays out the pick and roll. He compliments LeBron very well. Um a little bit different than you know some other pieces that LeBron has had, but if Austin Reeves continue to play like this and they can get with, you know, production from Rue Hachimura off the bench like that, the Lakers are going to be very, very tough to beat. They potentially could sweep Memphis if they played. If they played the way they did today, they could very easily sweep Memphis. I'm not sure what's going on with Ja Morant. He appears he might be out for game two. Good block, Aiton. Way to beat that, John Moran. Uh, there is he is uh, doubtful. Ah, KD came up short. He is doubtful for game two with that wrist injury. Um, he went down the lane looked like he was trying to, you know, jump over top of somebody, and he came down pretty hard on his wrist, and he's out. Well, he's doubtful, but if he couldn't, I think he, they said he tried to ball up a. a unballed up some socks, and he couldn't do it with his, with his hands, so that's not really looking good for him, but he does have a couple of days to ice it. I believe their next game is Wednesday, so that gives him a couple of days to kind of recover. Uh, Anthony Davis, he went down with a shoulder injury, but he did come back. I think he went down the beginning of the second quarter. Uh, he did not come back for the remainder of the quarter, but he did come back out to start the third quarter, so that was a sad relief for the Lakers. And, yeah, they look good. I will say this. They definitely look good. Uh, what else did we have today? Oh, we had oh, we had the, probably the upset of the day, which was the Miami Heat dominating the Milwaukee Bucks, 130 to 117. Jimmy Butler, 35 points, 15 to 27 from the field. Uh, Bam, 22 points, 9 rebounds. Kevin Love was the surprise of today, 18 points, 4, 7 from 3. Miami as a team went 15-25 to 25 from three-point range, which is 60%, which is probably the best they've shot all season long in a game. So that was very surprising. Now, there is a sad note to, to what happened. Um, Milwaukee, Giannis did go down early in the second quarter. Might have been the first quarter with a back injury, and he did not return. He finished with six points. So, I mean, you know, Giannis, is average, Giannis averages 31 a game. Milwaukee lost about. 13. So, if Giannis plays, um, I mean, you can kind of do the math on that. Drew Holiday finished with 16 points, 16 assists. Chris Middleton, 33 points. Bobby Porter, 21 points. But Miami, they shot the ball very well. Very, very well. Do I expect them to stay in that series? I don't. I, I You know, gentlemen, sweet, 4-1. Yeah, they got one. I mean, Miami is always going to be tough. They're always going to be a tough out. Any team that has Jimmy Butler... You know, on the uh, roster, is going to be a tough out. But as long as the injury to Giannis is not long term, I do not expect any difficulties in that series for the Bucks. Uh, Tyler Hero is going to be out probably for the remainder of the series. He went out in the third quarter, diving for a loose ball. It's reported that he has a broken hand, so I highly doubt that he comes back for the remainder of this series. But I, I will say this, the way that, you know, the way they kind of beat down um, Milwaukee, I was extremely surprised, man. You know, they kept hitting three after three after three, and I mean, I, I really didn't have nothing else. There was really nothing else for me to say but this. Damn! Really nothing else for me to say but that. Like, I couldn't believe it. I, I could not believe the way they were shooting the ball from, from deep, but... You know, kudos to Miami for being ready. They've been in playoff mode. They've played two playing games. And now they're, you know, at this game right here. And, you know, they were ready. They came out and they were ready. So, you ain't
1: so- you, Q, you-
0: they were definitely ready. Whoa! what was that? Wait a minute. Hold up. Um. Yeah, man. So, you know, playoffs, man. That's what we got going on right now. That was definitely crazy. Whatever that loud noise was just now was definitely crazy. But um, we have uh currently right now the Clippers. Okay, Phoenix getting back into the game, forty five thirty five. Um, four minutes left till halftime, down ten. They've cut into this Clippers lead. Gonna see. I mean, you know, just a lot of a lot of pressure on Phoenix. I do believe that this series without Paul George goes at least six games. I I believe with Kawhi and Russ, they'll get you two wins, maybe three. We'll see how we'll see how that goes. Not really sure, but um, yeah, man, first round, man, first round. So, NBA, man, it's fantastic. You know, we love it. We love the playoffs. That's what we love to see. And as I as I'm sitting there thinking about the playoffs, um, I kind of came up with a top five list of the top five players that are carrying the heaviest load in the playoffs. Okay, the, the burden is on their back, literally, well, with Giannis, literally. And I believe that these players, you know, have the heaviest burden to carry during this playoffs. This is going to be my top five carry-on as an ode to Big Perk, my top five carry-on list um, for the players that are, you know, carrying the most luggage d- during this playoff run. Okay, coming in, and I have honorable mention in this list too, I do have an honorable mention on this list because I I, I didn't want to make it six, but there there was a player on this list that I just couldn't leave off. And yes, there's going to be some questions in regards to my list. But remember, basketball, you know, there are some of these teams have big threes, if not big twos. So but even even with that being said, there are some players that are carrying a lot more weight than other players are carrying. So, um. Coming in at number five on my list is Donovan Mitchell. Uh, As I spoke about earlier, you know, he had 38, 14, and 30 from the field. Cleveland, they only had 97 points. He had probably about 40% of them. And he's carrying a heavy burden on his back. You know, there's a lot of pressure on him being in Cleveland. Uh, I think this is the first time Cleveland's been in the playoffs since LeBron has left. And Donovan Mitchell is the star of that team. He averaged 28.3 a game, 4.3 rebounds, 4.4 assists, shot 48.4% from the field. He's playing a career high of 35.8 minutes per game. Okay, so he's he's carrying a heavy load. This is the most minutes he's ever played. Um, usage rate, 31.6%. Uh, true shooting percentage, 61.4%. I mean, as you can see, he he does a lot for the Cavs. He does an awful lot. He's filling up the stat sheet, shooting almost fifty percent from the field. He's gonna have to carry a heavy load. You know, he's gonna have to carry a heavy load if they were gonna get past the Knicks. So that is that is gonna be very tough for him. I, I you know, do I believe Donovan Mitchell can do it? Yes, I do because I do have the I do have the Cavs beating the Knicks in the first round. Although I do love the Knicks, I don't think that they beat. You know, orange and blue skies is you know, SA we saying. But I do not believe that they beat Cleveland. I just don't see it happening. But I got Donovan Mitchell coming in at number five on my list. Uh coming in at number four, carrying a heavy load, which we saw today. Jimmy Butler from the Miami Heat. Uh had 35 today, 15 and 27 from the field. Of course, he's definitely, you know, the Heat goes, Jimmy Butler goes. On the season, he's twenty-two point nine points per game, but he but but you know he always plays better in the playoffs. He's five point nine rebounds per game, five point three assists, uh, playing thirty-three point four minutes a game. Um, on almost shooting fifty-four percent from the field because you know his mid-range game is deadly. Uh, usage rate twenty-six point one, so it's not really as high as some of the other players, but that, I believe that usage rate goes up in the playoffs, and he's definitely you know. Coming in at number four on my list as far as as players that are carrying a heavy load. Uh, Coming in at number three on my list, and this is where the list kind of got tough at because I really had a hard time figuring out who was going to be number one on this list. But coming in at number three, I'm going to go Giannis. Just for the simple fact, he does have a little bit more help than the two players that I have ahead of him on this list. You know, he has... Drew Holiday, he has Brooke Lopez, he has uh, Chris Middleton, so he has a little bit more help than these other two players. But Giannis, 31.1 points per game, 11.8 rebounds, shooting 55.3% from the field. He averages 5.7 assists. His usage rate is 38.9, which is extremely high. Might be the highest in the league, Uh, averaging 32 minutes a game. Okay, Russ with the three-pointer. All right, Brody. And, uh, yeah, Giannis coming in with a true shooting percentage of 60.6%. As we saw today, Milwaukee had a hard time manufacturing points. And although they went 11-8 and this year uh, without Giannis in the game, they do have a winning record. But this is the playoffs. So it's a little different. Good crossover, Russ, right around KD, too. This is the playoffs. So, um, that eleven to eight record count is washed and that's not really that good of a record. That's another thing. That is not that good of a record. And we go Oh, we just took it off Booker. In regards to um Oh, in regards to uh playing without Giannis. So and and today, you know, him only having six points, they got beat by a lot, and they got beat pretty bad. So Giannis is gonna have to carry a heavy a heavy load. You know, he's he's definitely high on the uh carry on list. And I do expect I mean, well hopefully he's back for the next game. You know, he has a couple of days to recover because I mean Milwaukee's won't go how he goes. If Giannis is not available for this series, the Heat potentially can win this series. It will go seven games if Giannis is not playing, but the Heat potentially can win this series. Coming in at number two, I have LeBron. Now, I mean, obviously, you you did not think I was going to do a top five uh, carry-on list of players carrying the heaviest load and not have LeBron James on it, okay? In year 20, averaging 28.9 points per game, 8.3 rebounds, 6.8 assists per game, shooting 50% from the field, um, playing 35.5 minutes a game, which is an awful lot. Usage rate, 33.6, which is pretty high for somebody in year 20. And today, he did not have to do as much with Rue Hachimura scoring 29 points, but Braun still had 20, 21, 11 rebounds. I mean, his, I mean the way he dominates the ball, manipulates defenses and pick and rolls and, and find the matchups that he wants. Uh, He defended Jaron Jackson Jr. pretty much most of the game, although Jaron Jackson did have 33 points. LeBron did have a couple blocks. He did try to make it difficult on him. But ultimately, LeBron is definitely, I mean, he's going to have to carry a lot of the load, and even more so because Anthony Davis is very fragile. Anthony Davis went down today uh, with that shoulder injury, and everybody held their breath pretty much not knowing if he was going to come back, and that's going to exist Every time Anthony Davis is on the floor, we're never going to know if he's going to finish the game. So, with that being said, I mean, I have LeBron number two because he's carrying a heavy load. And, and the load can get heavier if AD goes down. Hopefully he doesn't, but it's possible. Oh, that's a good block, Tory Craig. Good block on Kawhi. And coming in at number one, I have the league MVP, Joel Embiid had uh 26 yesterday he had a little bit of help with Harden but he's carrying the biggest load 33.1 points per game he's playing a career high 34.6 minutes his usage rate 35.8 averages 10.2 rebounds shooting 50 almost 55% from the field uh true shooting percentage is 65.5 and the 76ers I mean we we all know about you know the process and and what they've done and how you know they stockpile draft picks in order to get this roster that they got? It hasn't went the way it's supposed to go. They have James Harden. You know they, they gave Tobias Harris a lot of money. He's not as productive as he should be. Uh, they got Tyrese Maxey. but ultimately Embiid is carrying the heaviest load because you take Embiid off that roster, they are getting swept. Okay, if you take him out of there, the Nets beat them easily. Okay, KD, with the big pull-up. So I have him be as the number one player on my carry-on list. And I got to, I and and of course, you're going to wonder, why is, why is Curry not on there? Because Curry has Clay, Draymond, Jordan Poole. He doesn't, I mean, he has to carry a load, but ultimately he doesn't have to carry as much as these other players. They're going to say, why are no Celtics on the list? Because Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, I mean, they got, I mean, Marcus Martin, they got a pretty complete team. I mean, there are definitely some other players who are going to wonder why Jokic isn't on the list. He got Jamal Murray. He got Michael Porter Jr., uh, Jeff Green. I mean, he got a, he got some help. Kawhi, why he's not on the list. I mean, I probably could have put Kawhi on the list, as my honorable mention, but he got Russ playing with him. The Clippers got a deep roster. Uh, of course, none of the Phoenix Suns are going on the list. They got, I mean, they're pretty much okay. KD is carrying the most of the load, but I think Chris Paul is actually carrying more of a load than KD is. Um so that's why they're not on my list but I do have an honorable mention uh on my list and that's De'Aaron Fox. That is De'Aaron Fox, 25 points per game, 6.1 assists, shooting 51% from the field, 4.2 rebounds, um playing 33.4 minutes a game, has a usage rate of 30.3. And if you watch if you actually watch the games, De'Aaron Fox usage rate really should be a lot higher because he's the only one with the ball in his hands down the stretch. I think he's one of the top fourth-quarter leading scorers in the league. Might be number one, actually. And, um, you know, based on what what we saw last night, obviously he's carrying a heavy load down the stretch because, you know, you take him out the game, Malik Monk definitely provided a spark off the bench. I like that backcourt, you know, that former Kentucky backcourt. You could tell Fox and Monk have some chemistry. But if you take Fox off that, you know, off the court, I don't, you know, I think Sacramento struggles, struggles to score. They have nobody else that can create a shot. I mean, Monk can, but Kevin Herter can't. Harrison Barnes, he's so so. Sabonis, yeah, he he had a problem yesterday against Kevin Looney. So I definitely gotta have give a uh, shout out to De'Aaron Fox. He's my honorable mention on my list, and that is my top five list of um, players carrying the the heaviest load, and that's an ode to Big Perk. And that is, uh, you know, listen, I only got one thing to say, man. Carry on, carry on, man. That's what all I got. That's all I got for y'all. Carry on in my, in my top five carry on list, man. So that's all we got for the NBA playoffs for the day. We're going to get into, um, this no, no of the week. And this no, no is definitely a very concerning no, no, um, don't really. I don't really have the full backstory on this no no, because it, it's still developing news. Wait a minute, what is going on here, man? It's still developing news right now. There was a press conference, and an, another part of this no no is that they have not identified the person either, which is also kind of crazy, in regards to this no no, but um. Phoenix clawing their way back in. Phoenix down fifty nine, fifty four. KD with two free throws to bring them a little bit closer going into the half at fifty nine, fifty four. So, Phoenix found a way. They found a way to to kind of fight back on their home court. I mean, I do. I mean, I think a lot of people expect Phoenix to be one of the uh, championship contenders. And they are probably one of the higher favorites in Vegas in order to get to a championship. So but um, let, let's get back to this no-no. So what we have is uh, a person, well, Kansas City is investigating uh, a teen shooting where a 16-year-old boy uh, whose family members have identified online as Ralph Yorl was hospitalized Thursday night after he was shot while trying to pick up his younger twin brother's. Police said he went to the wrong house and was shot at the house. They have not identified the shooter or his race, um which is pretty you know pretty crazy. The police chief said Sunday the police department is working to make sure the investigation of the shooting of a black teenager moves as quickly as it can, so the case can be presented to the Clay county prosecutor um He understands the concern they're having for the community. Uh, Police police initially said Ralph was in stable condition, but had life-threatening injury. He had had a life-threatening injury. His current condition has not been released other than that he is stable. Uh, Graves said that the homeowner who allegedly shot the team was taken into custody Thursday and placed on a 24-hour hold. So they're searching the scene for evidence. Detectives found the firearm allegedly used. And law enforcement has released the suspect pending further investigation, after consulting with the Clay County Prosecutor's Office. Um, man, okay, this is this is this is a very tough situation, a very very tough situation. Uh, it says information that the officials have now does not point to the crime being racially motivated. But that aspect also remains under investigation, and I'm, I, well I'm I'm gonna leave it at that, man. I, it's still under investigation whether it's racially motivated. But I have a hard time believing that it's not racially motivated. Uh, investigators are still considering whether or not the suspect was protected within the stand your ground laws. But I mean, mind you, this is a young person. This person, sixteen years old. This this you know we're talking about a kid right here, we are talking about a kid, and yes you you know you have the right to stand your ground but at what, uh you know at what at what point do you have to kind of be responsible for some of the actions involving children, so this no no is going to whoever the suspect is. And they don't, I don't know why they're not releasing the information. I don't know why they're not releasing the, the, uh, the race. Obviously they feel that there's going to be a lot of heat if they do release that information. But ultimately, you know, Ralph Jarl, the 16 year old boy who was shot was trying to pick up his younger twin brothers. He went to the wrong house. He made an honest mistake. I highly doubt that he was armed with a weapon. I highly doubt that he did anything other than ring the doorbell. And why this potential suspect would go to the door with a firearm off someone ringing the doorbell. And, and, and look, it's, it's 2023. Most people have ring cameras. Most people have ring cameras. Yes, there are still some people that do not have ring cameras. I do not have a ring camera, Um, but, you know, I live in in my building. We don't have a ring camera, but most people that are homeowners have ring cameras, and what I would say about that is that I'm almost 99.9% positive that the owner of this house looked at his ring camera, seen a young black teenager, and got scared and Ultimately, shot him. Because I don't see any other reason why this teen who's going to the wrong house gets shot. Now there's there's still a lot of still a lot of evidence to to come out uh, in this case, and and I completely understand that, but I mean it's it's just a sad situation. You know what I mean? It's just a sad situation, and. I'm giving a no-no to whoever this is that they will not name. They're obviously not naming them for a reason, just for the simple fact that I'm pretty sure you probably could identify. Even if you okay, so let's just say you don't have a ring camera. I'm pretty sure you could look through your peephole and identify that that was a young that was a young kid at your door. Why does he get shot? Why does he get shot, man? And it's just so it's just disheartening. Um, you know, when we're talking about our youth, you know, and, and I got another story about our youth that we gotta talk about after this. But as of right now, until further notice, this no no is going to that suspect. Part of this no no is going to the Kansas City police for not identifying this suspect as well. And also for releasing this this suspect. So, I mean, that's that's just something. Prayers up to to Ralph Yorl and, and to his family. Um, speedy recovery to him. But this no no is going to Kansas City police for withholding information, but they're only getting the small part of this no no. The other part is no no the major part of this no no is going to whoever the suspect is that we don't know who he is. So shooting kids is something I just can't go for, man. That's just something I just can't go for, man. You know, hurting the future is just something that I, I just can't go for. And I'm sure I'm not alone in that. I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way in regards to that. But, uh, yeah, man, it's kind of staying on, on that tip. Um, we do have another incident we had to cover, which is also a very sad incident. <clears throat> um, we had a, a shooting at an Alabama birthday party. Uh, left at least four dead. Also, fifteen other teenagers were wounded on a shooting Saturday night in Dadeville, Alabama. Uh, there was a birthday party in the Alabama city, and investigation said this is going to be a long and complicated process. The shooting took place at the Mahogany Masterpiece Dance Studio. Um, Dadeville was about sixty. Miles northeast of Montgomery, and about three thousand people live in that city. And there really is no like, okay, Shaq, get up, get up to the, get up to the board, Shaq. Okay, get up there, Shaq. Let's go. There, there really is um, not a lot of information other than the fact that it was a 16th uh, birthday party. For somebody of 16, yeah, six, sweet sixteen birthday party. And the whole community is kind of just overwhelmed um, with what happened. You know, this is a small city, so they're not used to a lot of shootings and violence in the city. Uh, one of the people that were killed was a Dayville High School football player who was well-known. He committed to Jackson State. His name was Phil Stavius Dowdle. And he was, uh, he was you know, unfortunately uh, killed in the incident. Um... Everybody knows everybody in the city, so this whole incident is very tough. We um, have fifteen fifteen teenagers treated for gunshot wounds. Is a lot of teens. Um, it's said that nine of the teenagers were transferred to a different hospital to receive, you know, they they needed more medical, you know, medical care than what the previous hospital could offer. And that five of those nine were in critical condition. There were seventeen ambulances on the scene after the shooting. Um, the officials have not specified the ages of the victims just yet. And I just, you know, you just know that right now there's a lot of people in that city that are grieving and you know, they need that. I mean, that city needs a lot of love. I mean, it, it's a small city and president Biden was briefed on the shooting and he and his staff have been in contact with the local law enforcement and local officials to support, you know, to offer support And they do not currently, but they do currently have a suspect that that is off the streets and the community is safe at this point right now. But, you know, 15, I mean, 15 15 kids, man, is a lot of kids, man. It is, man. 15 is a lot. Uh, Four people died. You have all those other people in critical condition it's man it's just yeah it's 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 very sad um prayers out to that whole community and that whole city of Dadeville, alabama um yeah man i mean it's just this another sad it's another sad story and i don't mean and i don't mean to uh you know kind of kind of sadden the the whole situation right now but you know this is this is the stuff that's going on so this is the stuff that is going on, man, and we got to talk about it, man. And at what point did we kind of start getting the guns off the streets? You know that at what point does that happen? You know what I mean? So that that is a, a whole other situation um that we will kind of I guess further get into um when the Republicans, you know, actually show some heart and, and start caring about people. So hopefully we'll see, you know, what happens. But um, I believe that the latest update is they do have somebody that is in custody, and I'm not sure they did not. Of course, they did not release a name of of this person that, because it's probably it's more than likely, it's probably a a youth, so. Um, this story is coming from the New York times as well. So, yeah, so I, I I guess when there's more information, I'll definitely, you know, get back to it and we will. Okay. So we do have an update here. Well, let's see. Let's see. We do have an update here. Um, and they show, wow, there's a whole bunch of people. Whoa. Yes. There are a whole bunch of people gathered around the community. Um, Okay, so the, okay, so I, I thought that they did have a suspect and they said the community was safe, but during this news conference uh, on Sunday, Sergeant Jeremy Burkett he did not take any questions. he did not say if a suspect was in custody or if investigators knew about any motivation. Um, he also did not provide any the names of those killed. So this is still this is still an ongoing uh, story. Everybody is grieving. Um, four lives tragically lost. So this is this is a, a developing story. So as soon as I get any type of update, I will definitely <clears throat> update everybody. So we do have some okay. We do have some information from the DJ of the party. Uh, He said the party was stopped briefly when attendees heard someone had a gun. He said people with guns were asked to leave, but no one left. Um, The DJ also said that when the shooting began an hour later, some people took shelter under a table where he was standing and others ran out. Wow. So obviously there was no type of security or anything at this uh, Sweet 16 party, but it's a Sweet 16 party. Why would you think that there's going to be a bunch of people with guns at a Sweet 16 party? So that is also very concerning. Um. So yeah. Well, this is this is breaking news, developing news. So this just happened last night, uh, Saturday night. It is Sunday as I'm recording this episode right now. So this is pretty much still relatively new. So um, you know, we'll we'll still keep an eye on the developments of this story. Uh, kind of transitioning away from. The sad news in regards to, uh, you know, students and youth. Um, Supreme Court is going to allow a six billion dollar student loan debt settlement. Um, Now, this this is this settlement is going to allow thousands of student loan debts to be canceled. And will go into effect uh, on Thursday. Now, this case is unrelated to Joe Biden's broader broader effort to forgive the student loan debt which is also before the justices with a ruling due in the next two months. But this class action settlement concerns loans that borrowers claim to be canceled because they were taken out based on misrepresentations made by their schools, many of which are for profit. The settlement could be worth more than six billion. I believe I actually was a part of this settlement because I went to University of Phoenix and I believe they were on the list of those schools um, that were in regards to misrepresentation. So, I think I have benefited from this, which is kind of crazy, but uh yeah man I, I think it's it kind of leads to a broader situation in regards to you know Biden still wanting to cancel the student loan debt, so I believe it's doable, it's just a matter of if they want to do it uh so we'll we'll kind of see, and you know we've we've had this conversation before in regards to student loan debt, but um. Ultimately, I think it it helps the economy. You you know you cancel the student loan debt for a lot of people that are struggling and, and paying back money um, that they could be pocketing and using in the economy. So you know you cancel out those you know three or four hundred dollar payments, five or six hundred dollar payments. Uh, that money is just going back into wherever else it can go, other than student loans. So that's not a bad thing. Uh, so that's one one step down for for Joe Batten. And what he's trying to do in regards to can- canceling 20000 in student loans. So we will see uh, if that continues moving forward. Um, what else do we got? We got 15 minutes left. So we ain't got a lot of time left. So let's kind of get into a Power Ghost recap. Oh, yeah. Power Ghost recap. So we had the season three, episode three the other day. Obviously, um uh, you know, Tariq is still doing his thing. Um, you know, as, as the main character, you know he's always gonna be in the show. He did have a scare with, with some Italian people when they went to Italy, him and Effie and Brayton uh went to if you know, went to Italy you know on a work trip. And of course, just when you think that you can relax and be out the way and um yeah, just when just when you think that you can do that, eh? You know what I mean? Of course, Noma shows up, and and once you know him and Effie and Brayton, to retrieve some sort of listening device, and next thing you know, he's in a whole world of trouble, and it's just like man, you can ne- I mean when you're in the game, you just you can never relax. That's just that's just the reality of it, man. You can just never relax. So, uh, they got out of Italy safe. Um, of course, Effie uh, always holds it down. She might have some potential a weakness on noma because noma seems to be a very dangerous um you know she seems to be a very dangerous uh partner to be working with she's not playing any games she's showing up wherever wherever they're at um so effie does have a little bit of leverage on her if they can find noma's daughter uh, noma she killed her baby's father like so the whole, I mean I mean the whole thing is crazy so uh, that that's definitely um, one of the storylines that are still going on. Of course, the major thing that happened, oh, he traveled. Okay, Kawaii. The major thing that happened was um, Poppy Lorenzo getting killed at the end of the episode. Of course, Monet had set this up the whole episode. I didn't say, I can't say i seen Lorenzo dying this soon, but, you know, when I rewatched the episode, the way it was going down, it did appear that this was gonna be his last episode. Monet went and talked to uh Uncle Frank's, you know, wife, uh widow, and told him that Lorenzo was the one that killed Frank. And then, you know, Monet met with Frank's son, you know, and yeah, so you could kind of see what was going on in regards to how it was gonna go. And yeah, man, Lorenzo Poppy's out of here, man. He's out of here. Now I think it's gonna hurt Diana the most. She was the closest to Lorenzo. I also do believe that this kind of is going to start a feud between Diana and Monet. Because if anybody wanted Lorenzo did, it was Monet. Because obviously Lorenzo, well not obviously. I got to stop saying obviously. um, Because you guys might not not have watched the show. But Lorenzo had confessed to killing Zeke as an accident. Of course, Monet was not going for it at all. I don't know. I think Kane might have set him up into telling him that. That Monet was going to be okay with that. I don't know why he would think that. But it ultimately did not work out in his favor. And, yeah, what we have is, is Lorenzo being dead. <laughs> man, it's, yeah, man. And it's just like, come on, man. I like the Lorenzo. I thought Lorenzo had some some potential to kind of do some other things uh, in, this, in this season. Um, but Kane is now, you know, Kane is now the man. And that's where we're at right now. Kane is now the man moving forward. I think there's going to be a little bit of a feud between him and Drew in regards to who's going to run the family business. Uh, Obviously, Monet will still be basically the main one calling the shots. But after that, it's it's Kane. Kane is, is running everything right now. only thing with Kane running everything is that he is a hothead. He does make irrational decisions sometimes, but that's what makes him Kane. And he's also the muscle. So we will see how that plays out moving forward. Uh, Tariq finally found out that Lauren is alive. So that is obvious. That is pretty crazy. Because he's definitely got a rude awakening. Because he did not see that coming at all. And um, Lauren, you know, surprised Tariq with a box cutter. And she... Doesn't know she should trust Tariq, and now, now Tariq knows that Brayden and Effie have been lying to him. So we have, I mean, we got a lot of action. We have a lot of action going on uh, moving forward now, especially now that Lauren has been found. That the Sacks knows that Lauren's alive, which is even more dangerous. You know, he can't keep his mouth shut. So we are going to see what happens moving forward Um. No, what episode? That was episode. No, no, that was not episode three. Let me take that back. That was episode five. So we're at mid season finale. So we won't get another power episode for two weeks, because it's mid season finale. So, um, yeah, go back and rewatch. You know, on stars, man. If you ain't got it, if you ain't got the channel, get the app. Um, uh, all the episodes are on there. You can binge watch, and you're good to go. So, oh, and you know what? Speaking of that, speaking of uh, shows. I forgot when I, when I, when I did my Snowfall recap last episode, I did not, um, I guess I didn't spoil it for anybody because I didn't, you know, I didn't spoil the fact that, uh, Sissy, Franklin's mom, killed Teddy. I didn't, I don't know why I didn't mention that, but, but I guess that was good because if you didn't see the episode, you didn't know, but let me, okay, so now the episode's been out for a couple of days now. Yes, man, Sissy killed Teddy. So Teddy's up and out of there, man. Sissy killed Teddy. Okay, Russ, good hustle. But Sissy killed Teddy. So I, I yeah, I just want to kind of uh bring that back. So we got the season finale of Snowfall this Wednesday. Um we actually going we're gonna do a Bel Air recap too after this week's episode of Bel Air because I haven't done a recap on that on um, in probably two episodes. So um Yeah, man, so let's get out of that. Uh we, we have oh we got something else going on tomorrow as well. The Breakfast Club. Uh, will debut on BT starting tomorrow, April 17th at 9 a.m. They will be on, uh, I believe it's the whole show. Even though the show starts at 6 a.m. and it goes till 10 a.m., I'm not exactly sure how that's going to work out in regards to them starting at 9 on BT, But I'm assuming it's going to be live. That's what I'm assuming. I'm not a hundred percent positive, but I am assuming that it will be live. So Definitely set your alarm clocks. If you're not gonna be up at six, you can always catch the you know the back end at nine and you ain't gonna miss a beat. So shout out to the Breakfast Club. Uh yes, and after that you got way up with E coming on from ten A. M. to two PM. And shout out to Angela Yee. She was at the National Broadcasters Association this weekend in Las Vegas, um, getting interviewed by the CEO of Al So she was doing that. Shout out to her as well. And let's see what we got. We got a couple minutes left. We got, we're doing all right on time right now. So we got a couple minutes left. Let's get into our Shining segment. Uh, the Shining segment is. Yeah, the shining segment is a kind of well, yeah, we're shining the light on 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 somebody that was you know had a heroic effort. So let's let's get into our shining segment. This shining segment is going to a teenager. His name was Bryce Brooks. Um, this teenager is a hero. He was an honor roll student at Maynard Jackson High School in Atlanta. Um, he was a member of the school's fashion club, and what he did was he dove into an ocean on vacation to save a group of younger children when he went to save that group of younger children, Unfortunately, he did not make it out, but he did save the other children um You know, his parents said that uh we know that Bryce would never grow up to be the full man. He's going to be, but we knew we do know that he stepped into his manhood to save these children, and that makes me proud. It doesn't take away an ounce of pain, but it makes me proud that he's her son. Um. Yeah, Bryce. I mean, that that's a heroic effort, you know. As someone that is that young, uh, sixteen years old, to sacrifice yourself uh, for the sake of others is something that um, you don't necessarily see every day. So um, it appears that Bryce and his parents were on a family trip in Pensacola, Florida. The team was hanging out with family friends when they saw a group of four Trojan strangers at that struggling in the Gulf of Mexico. And Bryce, along with two others, went into the water and went into the water. Three other boys ran to the adults for help. Uh, at the time of being selfless, Bryce um, was being pulled by currents himself. And literally called for help, but not for himself though he was calling for help for the little kids he was looking out for, and unfortunately he was pulled under by the current and I just want to shine a light on on bryce um because that is that is a heroic um, act, so you know you you always i want to apply people that are doing i mean just doing random acts of kindness is always something that. You know, you want to see this world, um, you want to see more of in this world. And when you see someone that young actually doing that, it automatically just kind of, you know, it gives you you more hope for the future. You know, gives you more hope for the future. And, you know, with all this crazy stuff that's going on, I mean, a story like that, it's just something that you just, you know, you love to see. Uh, just for the simple fact, that, you know, there are still, there are always, there are good human beings still out there. So, um, I just want to shine a light on Bryce, uh, moving forward. But this, this is for you, man. Shining, 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 shining,
1: shining, yeah. Shining, yeah.
0: Just want to shine a light on, on Bryce, man. Um. Yeah, that might be, that might be about all we got for this episode. Uh, anything else going on? Oh, the commanders, Washington commanders still have not been officially sold yet. Um, there was another bid made by, uh, Brian Davis of these D- a DC native. He put a $7 billion offer in to buy the commanders. So that's still kind of in the air right now. And, um. So we'll see, we'll see, you know, DC and, and the uh, commanders are still not uh, out from under Quinn Snyder just yet. So we'll see what happens with that. And let's see, let me see, I can give you an update on the game before we get out of here, man. Phoenix heads came back as I'm trying, I'm trying to record the episode and, and, and still watch the game at the same time, which is not as, uh, as easy as it seems. So that that's one thing for sure, um, but it has been a good game as I'm trying to watch it, you know, as I'm trying to watch it and, and, and record at the same time. It has been a good game. It is the third quarter. There's a commercial going on right now, but Russ is balling, KD is balling, Kawhi is balling, uh, Torrey Craig, he, he's right now, he's the X Factor, it appears, for Phoenix because uh, Tyron Lue, obviously Tyronn Lue is, is a, I gotta stop saying obviously. Tyronn Lue is a master uh, coach, probably one of the D best coaches in the league. He has put Yvonne Zubak on Torrey Craig. So that is a not a typical matchup, but that also puts the onus on Torrey Craig to um, take advantage of that matchup because he should be able to score on Zubak. But he has to be aggressive. So, and, and when he sets a screen, he has to be able to set a good solid screen. So those, those I mean, that, that, that chess match between Tyron Lue and Monty Williams is going to probably go on the rest of this series. Uh, and we're going to see what happens, man. And it's 68-66. The uh, LA Clippers. Okay, now it's a tie game. 68-68. Torrey Craig just with the fast break dunk. Um, Phoenix getting out in transition. And we getting out of here, man. You got it, episode 52. Jim. Feel this feel this vibe right here though, too.
1: We
0: Shout out to Brace Brooks, man. And we got to have a conversation about Janae Aiko, and Kalani in the verses. Because I don't believe that Kalani gets washed. We got to have that conversation.